Is my comfort an idol? Is my political identity my idol? Is my denominational identity my idol? The world around us is full of false choices. Jesus made it very clear that it's going to get worse before it gets better. He says things like they're going to hate you. That temptation to be us versus them. They're going to seek to kill you. For or against, in or out. When you read what God has done in painting the picture, you see this dual nature of the world tends to decline toward sin and brokenness. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life? Yet, the gray issues of faith. He continues to still work in the midst of it and we have to be involved in his work. To truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel. Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle podcast. And praise the Lord, our good friend is back. Pastor Chad Allen, lead pastor of Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights. Welcome to the show, brother. Good to be with you guys. We've mm. missed you. It's been hard to get you on. Like, oh, man, yeah. you big time. <laughs> well, <laughs> everybody's got a lot going on, but we, we worked it out. We got it in there. Yes. I'm, yeah. I'm so glad we did. And now, your topic you have for us today, I have to say, sounds very pastory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't it want... Is people to see that and go, here we go, another pastor, yep, the gospel's great, blah, blah, blah. No, but you're, but you're saying there's a need right now yes. for the gospel for everyday life. Now, that's not a pastory thing. Why do you think you see this need right now? Well, I mean, that's obviously a little bit of a longer story, but the bottom line is the more condensed observation is if you really just kind of step back and survey the landscape of what we've seen people find themselves doing, thinking, not doing, not thinking over the last year. Here's the observations from a pastoral perspective. I'm sure a lot of my fellow brothers out there leading churches (laughs) could Mm -hmm. amen this a little bit, is right now we have a lot of people who are unengaged, they're, they're not in the Word, they're not in prayer, they're not in Christian community, they're not gathering in any sense. Uh, some people have been spun out, man. They are just in a pit of depression, anxiety, fear, anger, agitation, you know, uh, consumed by what's dominated our headlines over the course of the year. And I think when you kind of look at all of that, One of the emerging messages and observations is a lot of people have drifted from the strength uh, that we have been given through the gospel and uh, a lot of sensitivity to identity, right? We thought we've heard you guys talk about this plenty, but you know, whether you pick it by, you know, uh, sexual identity, political identity, you know, all these identities. Well, what is our true identity as followers of Christ? Well, the gospel calls us back to being children of God. And I think if we get back to staring at the truths of the gospel, preaching the gospel to ourselves, rehearsing the gospel, and then also praying the gospel and focusing on the gospel, there's a lot more power and strength there than believers realize, and they're missing it. Yeah, I mean, I was exchanging uh, some emails with a, a, a friend in ministry, let's just put it that way. 
And I got to say, I hope it's not melodramatic, but Pastor, I'm troubled by a lot of what I see uh, in that I see a lot of people who like Jesus, who've committed their lives to him, but they either have no idea what he said or they don't care and they're doing what they want and they don't realize the transformative nature of a relationship with Jesus and following him. I mean, am I being melodramatic to say I'm troubled by this? No, that's, I don't think that's far off at all, Brian. So you are too. I would share that trouble, yeah. I think even saying the gospel, you have to pause for a second and go, well, what what does that mean, right? And, uh, you know, I think if you were just to stare at a working definition of the gospel, you know, we're talking about good news, right? When did the good news stop becoming good news? I have no idea. (laughs) And, And I think part of the problem, to your point, is that too many people are staring at news instead of staring at good news. <laughs> right. And uh, here's the deal. The good news that people desperately broken by sin, alienated from God, who are deeply loved by God, have been restored to him through repentance and belief in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and now having given a new identity as beloved children of God, a new purpose as his missionaries, a new life, to enjoy with God forever. And I think a smaller, stickier way of kind of referring to the gospel is Jesus lived the life we could never live, died the death we deserve to die, and rose again to give us new life both now and for eternity. And so um, this is this is huge when you step back and, and go, wait a minute, who is Christ? What has he done? Uh, and, and what does that make me and who am I now? And, and I think about, uh, and, and I would encourage anybody who's intrigued by this uh, to just spend some time reflecting and reading through 1 Corinthians 15. And Paul says some pretty phenomenal things in 1 Corinthians 15. One, he's telling Christians, he's not speaking to unbelievers, he's speaking to believers, right? He says, I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel. Why would, <laughs> and I think that's the, the problem is a lot of Christians have, I'm going to use a, an ugly word. It's going to probably, you know, uh, be a trigger word for a lot of people, uh, quarantined, <laughs> yeah. have quarantined the gospel for conversion only. Yes. So I hear the gospel and I'm saved and I'm done with it. Or I share the gospel with someone else so they can be saved and otherwise I don't touch it. But Paul's saying here, I'm going to remind you of the gospel, which I preached to you, which you received and which you stand. And I think why some people have gotten so spun out nowadays is they are not standing in the truths of who God is and what he's done for us and who they are in light of it. And he goes on to say, I delivered to you as of first importance, which I received that Christ died for our sin in accordance with the scripture, was buried, was raised and appeared. And I think it's like if Paul were to say, and the gospel is of first importance, then we need to ask ourselves, is the gospel of first importance in my life? And you know what? We're up against a break. We're with Pastor Chad Allen, lead pastor, Cuyahoga Valley Church in Broadview Heights. We'll continue talking in just a minute about this need to have a transformative experience with Christ in your everyday life. And one of the words I've been thinking about a lot is surrender. And we're going to talk with Pastor Chad about that in this context coming up. Want to hit pause real quick to ask for your help on something. Thank you so much for listening when there's so many other options out there. In fact, 
As you know, it can be oftentimes really hard this day and age to find quality Christian content in the podcast universe. That's why we'd be grateful if you'd consider spreading the word about the Brian and Janelle podcast. I mean, you know how it is. You find your favorite podcast, you listen to it, you're used to it, and you assume everyone knows about it. When the reality is most of the great podcasts I found out about over the years have come from direct recommendations from either podcast hosts or from other just friends of mine who tell me to listen to something. So maybe today you'd consider telling a friend about the Brian and Janelle podcast. We'd be super grateful. Let's get back to the show. Pastor Chad Allen, he's been talking about something that I've just been deep and heavy in my soul recently about the real need for a transformative experience with Christ in Christian lives where the gospel affects your everyday life. Pastor, I feel almost as if Jesus is looking at the American church today and saying, I love you. Will you surrender to me? Because so many people, it seems as if they like him, but they don't know if they're ready for the full cost of being obedient to him because it's going to cause people to think they're crazy or their tribe will get mad at them. I mean, do, do you sense this where it's like Jesus is really saying, listen, you've got to surrender to me. Yeah, I think surrender is a good word. I think it's an appropriate word. Where I would probably push on that a little bit is I think surrender is the output. I think surrender is a response. I think the deeper need is belief. Ah, that's good. Over and over and over again, Jesus would say, do you believe? Why didn't you believe? And, and he pushed on belief. And so I think what's stunning to me and sad, this is where I share your pain, is that when you listen to some professing believers so up in arms, it's almost like they haven't read their Bible. Yes. And it's sad because God has given us a narrative cover to cover. He's, he's told us the rich history of his working in the past. He speaks to who we are and the riches of his grace and mercy and work in our life now in the present. And he has told us what is to come in the future and what our priorities should be in light of that revelation of knowledge. And what's happening is I think a lot of believers have become so short-sighted, so temporal and worldly without even realizing it, feeling like if we lose ground as the church, then God can't work. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and I'm it's, like, it's a silly concept, but people feel this. And on one hand, man, we love our country. We're grateful for our freedoms and our rights and the unique distinctives of America. And what a blessed country we live in. Um, and at the same time, we don't worship our country. And, you know, we find ourselves in a place where Jesus and who he is and what he's done needs to be our highest adoration in our heart. And I think some people have gotten their priorities a little mistaken. We are citizens of the kingdom first before we're a citizen of any nation. And uh, that's a true biblical understanding and calling. And I think I have to be careful who I'm around if I get you know, agitated in this moment myself where... People start to, you know, freak out if their candidate doesn't win, their policy doesn't pass, all these things. I'm going, look, Jesus made it very clear. It's going to get worse before it gets better. 
Yeah. He says things like, they're going to hate you. <laughs> they're going to seek to kill you. When you read what God has done in painting the picture, you see this dual nature of the world tends to decline toward sin and brokenness, yet he continues to still work in the midst of it, and we have to be involved in his work. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. We just heard from Nancy, who says she loves this topic. She's hungry for more. And I I have to tell you, too, Chad, that I... I'm sad in a sense because there's been times in history and times in my ministry life where Christians are having some very heady, kind of maybe obscure theological debate that you can go, wow, that's hard one. But in this case, I feel like there's some very remedial things going on. Like if you love Christ and you let the gospel transform your life, you understand why he's called us to love our enemies. And yet I see people failing at loving their enemies. Like, and and that's pretty remedial thing. Love your enemy. Yeah. I think what we see in this world is pushing on the evidence of where we may have idolatry and where we may have worship in, in areas we would have never imagined. And I think it becomes one of those conversations, is my comfort an idol? Is my political identity my idol? Is my denominational identity my idol? You know? And then when, when uh, things happen in life that push against those identities, we realize our identity in Christ is supreme, but we're not hearing that. And I think that's interesting. You know, Romans one sixteen, Paul says to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone. And it doesn't say that the gospel speaks to the power, contain it is. The gospel is the power of God at work on our life. And so when we come back to this understanding about why it's so important to really uh, revisit the gospel in our life, it's that the gospel is not just for salvation, it's for sanctification as well. Yeah. It's not just to know Jesus, but to grow in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're, what's made us sad, what's contributed to the lack of surrender, is people aren't believing what God has said in His Word. For people like Nancy and others that are thinking, man, I want that and I'm thirsty for more, where do you even begin to do practically speaking, what Paul says, remember the gospel. What book in the Bible, what resources, what would you suggest? Well, there's a couple books I recommend from the Bible. Uh, I would start in Genesis and go all the way to Revelation. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What a pastor answer. Yeah. (laughs) Because what's interesting is when we hear the gospel, sometimes people think the gospels, oh, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But whether it's in Genesis where we see the fall and we see the first sacrifice to cover the sins of people, whether it's, and we see the, the serpent smitten, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all the way to Revelation, um, where you know God's kingdom comes in its fullness and finality, and God you know reconciles with, with mankind. From cover to cover, the gospel's there. But if you want a little bit more concentration of the gospel, mm-hmm. I definitely think going through the gospels. But I encourage people to be in Romans be in First Corinthians, probably one of the most gospel-saturated books in the Bible is the book of Ephesians. Hmm. In fact, we're teaching through that right now as a church in the first few chapters because it speaks to how we were dead and Christ has brought life. Also, personally, and, and some might want to get a pen out there if anyone's really looking for some tools, I purchased for myself because I wanted to focus a little bit more on the gospel in my own life and heart, not just in our church. The ESV has produced a study Bible called the Gospel Transformation Bible. 
And it's the Bible, but all the study notes in the Bible are connecting the content of scriptures from Genesis to Revelation to gospel thinking and making gospel applications of the passages that you might miss on your own. And then there's a few other books. There's a, a J.D. Greer wrote a good book and it comes with small group studies called The Gospel Above All that will poke people in tender places as well as encourage people to focus on the gospel. Uh, a guy named Jeff Vanderstelt wrote a really neat book called Gospel Fluency, where he really dives a, a little bit of a deeper dive into what it means to become fluent in the gospel and, and preaching and rehearsing the gospel in your life and um, countering the lies and the anxiety and the bad places, not preaching the gospel to yourself will take you. And there's another book called Hidden in the Gospel by a guy named William Farley, who really uh, it's a small book, but it's packed with some really rich theological applications and kind of walks you through how to pray the gospel in your life. Three really good resources on that. Definitely. And then, you know, I, you've been talking about the good news today, and it really is good news. So many people carrying around anger and frustration and fear, and there's something just beautiful and peaceful about allowing God to hold your conscience and mm-hmm. allowing God to just run your life and have a close relationship with Jesus. And we want mm-hmm. that for you. We want that for mm-hmm. you, Christian. Please do it. It, it. it really will transform you. The Bible's not making it up. Yeah. It's going to transform you. And Pastor Chad, I know folks can even join you in that study of Ephesians as you're taking your church through that. How can folks get connected to Cuyahoga Valley Church? Yeah, if, if this is something you want to hear a little bit more on, uh, we've been kind of camping out there for the last month. Uh, you can find it on our messages, and you can look at some of the messages coming forward. Just go to cbconline.org, go to the message section, and, and uh, we'll reach out to the contact uh, email there if you have questions. Great. And please do that. We love that church. And uh, Chad, we love you, brother. Thanks so much for stopping by today. Can't wait till the next visit. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at brianandjanelle.org. Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or, again, at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week, Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.